two movies in one limited series. That's what we're talking about today on The Basement. Let's jump right in, because it's been a long week, and I'm tired. Nah, I'm just kidding. Well, I am tired, but we've been dropping an episode every week this week. A big shout-out to all the filmmakers who came on, and... I mean, a big shout-out to all the filmmakers pretty much all this month. And an even bigger shout-out to everybody who's been on this show. I don't want to exclude anybody, but I had so many episodes taped that I realized, oh, I should just maybe air an episode a day this week. So since Monday we've been airing an episode, I'm I'm going to take the weekend off and then finish up October next week. But, um, yeah, it was a great week. Uh, it's been a great month for the show. Thank you all. Anyway... As promised, like usual on Fridays, I do some chatter about some horror movies I've been watching. If you like me doing this, let me know. As a matter of fact, I know some of you like me doing this because you text me, hey, you should check this out, hey, you should check that out. And I thought since people love the horror genre so much, um, every Friday I decided to just talk about horror movies I've been watching um down the road it can be more than that i can talk about other movies i've been watching on a friday so you guys let me know now without further ado i finally watched a movie that i had not seen since i was about 13 or 14 and it's made by one of my favorite filmmakers i mean i've spoken so highly of my love for john carpenter and his movies he's probably one of my favorite filmmakers of all time and I had only seen the film Prince of Darkness once. It's kind of got a cult following, but it isn't really one of his standout movies. But I got to be honest, this is my second time seeing it. It's been over, gosh, almost two decades since I've seen it. And honestly, I don't think really a teenager would really kind of get this. I mean, I was kind of a dumbass teenager, so maybe that's just why. But this movie scared the fucking shit out of me holy hell and movies like halloween and the fog are fun and they really get you in the spooky spirit and they do have great scares but something about prince of darkness especially in the climax of the film i was getting kind of creeped out watching it alone on my couch last night and i actually am planning on doing a rewatch of it tonight because i think i nodded off for about five or ten minutes and I don't really know if I missed much, but I, I, I just I want to revisit it immediately. So for anybody who doesn't know what Prince of Darkness is, it was released in 1987. And this is John Carpenter reuniting with Donald Pleasance. He, of course, Donald Pleasance is the iconic Dr. Loomis from Halloween. He also plays the president of the United States in Escape from New York. So it had been a few years since they worked together. But Donald Pleasance is in this. He's a priest who one day is just kind of poking around in the cellar of a church and he finds this vial filled with green slime. It's this big vial, and it, it looks not of this world. And he decides to enlist the help of some scholars at a local college. I believe the film takes place in Los Angeles. Um, I don't know exactly what school, but it doesn't really matter. But he brings in some students and some scientists, and they learn through you know, their knowledge and the tests they kind of run on this green slime is that it's a strange liquid that is basically Satan. It's the essence of Satan, as the synopsis over here to my right tells me. And what happens after that is the slime begins to kind of make its way out of the vial, and it attacks some of these students and possesses them and turns them into basically these demon-like things. And what happens with their faces is 
you know, very practical and 80s makeup. And But there's just something about it that fucking scared the shit out of me. And this movie does a great vibe, meshing religion and science, which are two things that are very much on opposing sides of the spectrum. And I thought it was kind of cool that you have this priest that enlists the help of, you know, scientists, basically, to figure out what this thing is. And they come to the belief that it is, you know, a satanic thing, that it's the devil. And it, it just, it, it seems like just such an out there concept. But to me, honestly, it worked. This just worked and creeped me out. And again, it had been 20 years since I maybe seen this. I, I guess I just kind of didn't really appreciate or respect the message that's trying to be said in the movie. And I guess it was just kind of the right time to see it as an adult. And it just works. And so I highly recommend checking this thing out. The final 20 minutes were real fun. I haven't heard a lot of people talking about this, but there's like little niche pockets of the internet that like to talk about how much they love Prince of Darkness. So if you guys want to check it out, it is streaming now on Peacock, the NBC Universal streaming service, which I've talked about a couple times in the past few weeks. And um, it's free. I don't think it's you have to buy the premium package or anything. I think you can just, you know, create a login and it's there in the Halloween section uh, that they have. But, um, yeah, Prince of Darkness, it's probably an underrated Carpenter film. Like, I, I could I could just go on talking about this thing for, you know, a few more minutes. But I do have a couple more things to go over here. And like I said, I am exhausted. Next up pretty much is me taking a stance on how I feel about Netflix and horror films. And that's why I named the title of this episode what it is. Uh, Netflix gets a bad rap with their horror. And, you know, I kind of think rightfully so. You know, there's, you know, I wish they had more of a catalog, but, you know, Netflix has their own, you know, they have their own business ideology of what they want and what they acquire and what they make. It's fine. Like, I can go see some of the other horror classics on other streaming platforms. If Netflix wants to do something else, hey, they can do something else. And plus, I also want to say the Fear Street movies that premiered this past summer were a big hit for the genre. And I'm not going to talk about them, really. It's not what I watched. I watched them months ago. I did an Me and Corey Dominic did an episode about it. So if you want to listen to that, just scroll back to about July here on the feed. Um, But those Fear Street movies, the three of them, that big three-movie event they did really re-energized slasher movies for me because it made them fun again. And with that being said, this past Sunday, I watched a slasher film. It's a Netflix original called There's Someone Inside Your House. Now, this is based off of a book by Stephanie Perkins. It was published back in 2017. Now, this just out of the gate within the first five minutes is just a lot of fun. Uh, the plot of the movie is there is a killer running around in high school uh, killing some teenagers. And it, I guess, it does like a 3D print of that person's face and wears it as a mask before they kill them. So you always kind of know, you know, who's next to go when you see the killer show up. Or it's, If I'm explaining that right. But, um, you know, the backdrop of it is there is a teenager who moves in with her grandmother from Hawaii who's living at the, who who goes to the school. And she kind of has this, you know, it's this subplot of she's got to confront her past. She ended up doing something, you know, really bad that kind of 
forced her to move away from Hawaii. May I add the actress that plays that part? Uh, Sydney Park is her name. Uh, she is just a scene stealer. She is a phenomenal leading lady, scream queen, final girl, whatever we're going to call it for this film. She just owns the role. Uh, you believe her. You believe her trauma that she's dealing with. It, it's it's not kind of it, it's pretty original, if you ask me. Uh, you know, you see slasher films, and there's always the the final girl who you know some something traumatic kind of happened to them, but you know it's almost like a rehashed thing. Uh, her character, I, I just I, I buy her trauma. I buy what she's dealing with and how she's trying to get past it. And she kind of has this relationship with a character that throughout the movie. Everybody believes that that person is the killer. And uh, I'm not going to give away who is the killer, obviously. If you haven't checked the movie out, uh, you should. It's It's been on Netflix for a few weeks. I think it dropped, dropped in October, and I scrolled past it a few times. Uh, it's produced by James Wan, so I'll watch anything with his name on it, whether he's a director or a producer on it. I, James Wan, I think, is just... That guy can build worlds, cinematic worlds, and... I think he's just awesome. So this thing got some mixed reviews. Don't let that turn you off. Give it a shot. Uh, to be critical of one thing about it, I thought in the third act when things kind of start to culminate, you find out who the killer is. Uh, it got a little talky for me. You know, sometimes I don't I don't need this, like, drawn-out dramatics going on. Like, just kind of show me what's going on and keep me excited. I don't need people, you know, pouring out their stories in the final part of the movie. But even with that being said, I still enjoyed it. It's a nice 96-minute runtime movie. It was a good little Sunday afternoon horror flick to catch. Um, give it a shot. It's on Netflix right now. There's someone inside your house. Sticking with Netflix now. Holy shit. Have you guys seen brand new cherry flavor? That's a rhetorical question, but... Um, on an Instagram post if you want to leave a comment or something and let me know how you thought about it. I don't know. But I started Brand New Cherry Flavor the other night, and I'm not done with it yet. So I don't know how the show ends. I'm very close to being done with it. I might actually finish it tonight. But I went into it blind. I've heard a lot about it on other podcasts. I know that this is a book uh, by Todd Grissom. I have not read the book. <laughs> I'll add it to a book that I'll probably get down the road, but I have not read it yet. I also haven't read There's Someone Inside Your House. But regardless, this is just... Uh, I don't even know what this is. The 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 To give you the synopsis here is... So the show's about a filmmaker who heads to Los Angeles, and she, I guess, has been summoned out there by a producer who saw her short film and wants to basically you know, help build her career and everything, and you meet the producer kind of with her. She's going in blind. She's crashing at a friend's house in L.A., and, you know, it, it's Hollywood. It's it's your typical L.A. horror story. Like, you don't know if something's going to happen to her, and you know something is going to happen to her, but you don't really know how bad it's going to get, and it does kind of touch on that thing of, you know, dirtbag male producers taking advantage of a very talented uh, woman who's just trying to get her film made and get it seen and have a career. And for the first episode, it has this really great pacing where you know the producer is very much, you know, he's kind of a sleazeball, but you think maybe he's not going to be that kind of sleazeball. Like maybe he's got a heart, 
But of course, knowing the kind of what I did know about the context of what the show was somewhat going to be about, I was like, there's no way this guy is going to be sympathetic towards the storyline. And he's not. He does some horrible things to our main character and basically robs her movie from her contractually and gives it off to another guy to direct. And it takes her down a bit of a wormhole. And this is where we bring in Catherine Keener. And this is, for anybody who knows Catherine Keener and has seen her in films, she's a great actress. She was, you know, in Get Out. She's She was in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. That was, that was my introduction to Catherine Keener was The 40-Year-Old Virgin. But... The, you've never seen her like this before. Or maybe you have, or maybe I haven't, but I've never seen her in a role like this before. She basically is this, I don't know what she is. She's like this free-spirited voodoo witch doctor, weird woman who um, helps our lead character kind of put a hex on the producer, kind of put a curse on him and make his life a living hell and try and tear him apart. And where I'm at, though, in the show it's not getting good for the lead character as well. Um, I mean, things are happening to this um, this producer character, but uh, now you're, you, you kind of thought Catherine Keener's role was on um, the lead side, and now, now you don't really know where she stands, or at least that was my impression of it. And instead of saying uh, producer character and lead character, I should say uh, Rosa Salazar, I hope I'm saying that right, plays Lisa Nova, the lead role. You also might recognize her. She was in Alita Battle Angel, and she was in a Amazon Prime movie or Amazon Prime show a couple years ago that is escaping me. It was an animated show. It, was, it reminded me of um, Richard Linklater's uh, Scanner Darkly movie with the animation style, but... I, I'm going to have to look that up. I hate to not remember it right here on the air. but um, And the producer character is played uh, by Eric Lang, who plays Lou Burke. That's the guy's name, and he's a total dirtbag. But I don't, like I said, I have not finished this. I am loving it. I watched a really fucking weird part uh, right when my wife got home, and she walked into the room and was like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> um and it gets very strange, and it's it's a the genre it's labeled it's a horror genre. So there's very horror elements. It feels very David Lynch sometimes. Like I got some serious Eraserhead vibes every now and then. Um, some Blue Velvet vibes also. Like there, there's a lot of scenes in the movie that feel very dreamlike, even though they're very based in reality. Um, these are just my perceptions of you know going in blind on this thing but you know I just started it the other night and you know I pretty much I watched like two or three episodes on the first night and since then I've been like giving it you know I'll do an episode a day and now I'm kind of right at the end so we'll see what happens if you do know what happens if you have seen this you know hit me up about the show if you want you know shoot me a text leave a comment shoot me a dm I've been answering them you know how it is just trying to stay relevant and popular anyway (laughs) Like I said, I'm tired. It's been a great week for the show. We've had an episode every week starting Monday. Uh, Chris Allender, director of The Old Ways on Netflix. Uh, Check that out. Here we are again with horror movies on Netflix. I don't think Netflix is doing that bad of a job. I think you just really got to come around to it. Just give some of these films some shots. Who the hell else has been on the show? (laughs) It's been a long week. Miles Doliak. Uh... 
his film Demigod is on VOD and in select theaters. And um, Gino McGahee, his film's about to have a premiere, uh, Rise of the Scarecrows, Hell on Earth. It's premiering next week up in uh, western Massachusetts. I unfortunately can't be there, but Gino, if you're listening, send me links to a, uh, I don't know, so I can buy a ticket or something. Um, And also today, as I record this on Thursday, this will air Friday, uh, Christian Nilsson, director of Dashcam, a great um, Hitchcock thriller that is out now on VOD via Gravitas Ventures. They did the distribution on it. I've been, been talking to a lot of people who've worked with them. Maybe I should just reach out to them and learn how to uh, get a film distributed, even though I don't have one made at the moment. I'm rambling. You all have a great weekend. Watch some horror movies. October's almost over, but October doesn't stop me from watching scary movies. And I got some updates coming for you guys starting next week with what's going to be going on on this show in November. For some of you who are fans of my facial hair, I might have something to tie that into the podcast. Anyway, y'all take care.